You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today we've already looked at the offensive side of the depth chart. Let's look at the defensive side of the depth chart going into 2021. If you like SEC talk and want to continue the action, make sure you listen to our Locked On SEC podcast with Chris Gordy. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams in the SEC from basketball, baseball, and of course, college football. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Defensively, when you look at Texas A&M, this might be the safest roster that they've had in a very long time. Mike Elko returns. Almost every single starter returns. And on top of all that, you look at Texas A&M as a whole, they basically won half their games last season because the defense was so dang good at containing players. So I look at that and I go, okay, you're setting yourself up to be one of the better teams in the SEC Because of your defense. Now, of course, everyone has to be playing at the same level. And you have to hope that the offensive production from other teams doesn't improve. You're basically going off of what you have last year. But, again, Matt Corral at Ole Miss is losing his number one receiver. That helps out in the nickel. You look at Alabama. They're replacing basically all their superstars. And the one thing that does work for Texas A&M better than anything else is Mississippi State doesn't have a run game. Same thing kind of with... I would say, at least for now, LSU. So that's four teams where you're kind of replacing that talent and you're hoping that you get better. Now, again, a team like you know South Carolina is going to rely heavily on the run game. So as long as you can stop Kevin Harris, you're kind of setting yourself up for a very good success story. And I look at well, teams like Colorado. They have a very good uh, up-and-coming running back. They have a very good offensive line. As long as the pass protection is good, you're kind of set. So let's go ahead and start breaking down Texas A&M's defensive depth chart. Think that's the number one thing right now is defensive end, wherever you play him, it doesn't really matter because he's going to be effective. It's DeMarvin Leal. Leal is going to be the biggest name. They're going to be absolutely the one name to watch for, the one name that's going to be blowing up left and right. Everyone's already considering him potentially a top five talent in the NFL draft. What I like about him is he is so versatile. If you're running a 3-4 set at the NFL level, you can play him as your 5-tech. If you're running a 3-4 set, you still can keep him on the outside, but he also can kind of push more inside to a 5-tech that plays the interiors, uh, the interior shoulder of the outside tackle and the outside shoulder of the guard. And he can win a lot of games by bulldozing his way through that B-gap hole. But I do think that where you line him up is going to be important because of, again, he's one of these players who can do a little bit of everything. He's great against the run. He's fantastic um, against the pass. And he finds ways to build himself 
and put himself in a good situation to where he is in the backfield more often than not. Adds pressure to the quarterback, adds pressure to the def- uh, adds pressure to the running back, adds pressure to the offensive line as a whole. He's absolutely going to be a stud. Basically, the way that you use Anaya Smith on the field, you're going to use DeMarvin Leal the same way defensively. I think the other defensive end position is a little bit of a difference because of you see that there's two players that are going to be really good and two players that have a lot of success, but it's really going to be based off of what are you running? Are you running more pass-heavy or are you running more run-heavy? If you're running pass-heavy, I think you have to go with Michael Clemens. Clemens is returning, and I don't know if he would have if he would have played the entire season because if he was the best and the most consistent edge rusher Texas A&M had last season. The problem was he got hurt, and when he got hurt, it kind of ruined the rest of his stock. But he gets another season because of the NCAA waiver. Last year, he finished with uh, 23 tackles, 6 tackles for losses. I think he had 4 sacks, too. He was the leader in sacks. He only played half a season. So he's just one of these players who's dominant, and he's trying to build off that year. Again, Clemens would not be here if not for the NCAA waiver ability. So what that does is it forces a guy like Tyree Johnson, who gets another year, to also have a bigger success story. He's better against the run. So what you could do, in a way, is if you're trying to play run heavy, you can actually move a guy like Leal inside, and then you can either play your nose tackle or your defensive tackle, depending on what you want to run, with Clemens and Johnson on the outside. If you're running more pass heavy... You probably can take Johnson out, keep Clemens in, move over Leal to the outside, and allow your nose tackle or your three tech to stay in the game. And that would be either McKinley Jackson, Isaiah Riggs, or um, you know uh, Jaden Peavy. So you'd have all four of those in. The biggest thing is that you're there's so many multitude of ways you can do this. There's not really a set five, t- uh, you know, nine technique or a set seven technique. I think it's really just based off of what you're running. So, more pass-heavy. Johnson probably is going to be on the outside looking in. And you're probably going to have Clemens and Leal on the outside. If it's more run-heavy, I would say you have Clemens and Johnson on the outside with Leal kind of working in. The biggest thing of all is going to be Danell Harris and Fadil Dix. These are two four-star talents that most people would say if they were in any other SEC school besides maybe Alabama and this A&M defensive line, they would be starters this year. They didn't really play a lot last year. They don't really have enough snaps under their system, but there's a lot of upside. The biggest thing of all is that they're trying to get them a little bit more bigger because of, again, playing the defensive line in the SEC, you have to be a little bit bigger than just, you know, your average 250, your average 260. You have to be probably about about 270, but you have to be able to run like you're at 240. So that's the thing right now. They're trying to build that kind of frame between them. I see them both being effective inside. Um, you know, in rotational roles early on the season. Their role is going to build next season. Because again, these are two four-star recruits. One was the number one defensive end coming out of Florida. One was the number one defensive end coming out of, I want to say it was Pennsylvania. I forget where Diggs went to school. But I, I New Jersey, that was it, New Jersey. So you had these two four-star talents that any other school, they would be starting right now. They have to build going into next season. I think it's kind of the same thing when you look at the nose tackle. McKinley Jackson is going to get the start, I think, going into the year because if he took the most snaps in favor of Bobby Brown. This was a guy who did very well 
holding his own leverage against larger offensive linemen and got off snaps quicker. And I do think that with his size and his speed, it gives him a little bit of a break over Isaiah Rakes. Rakes, on the other hand, I see being one of the more rotational players behind both McKinley Jackson and Jaden Peavy. The problem when you lost Bobby Brown was you also thought you were going to lose Jaden Peavy. You didn't. Peavy is your best run defender up the middle. You need that bull rusher. If McKinley Jackson can be the bull rusher, very similar to what Bobby Brown was, you're setting yourself up to have a one-two combination to where, when, again, you're playing the run, you can take out Jackson, keep in Peavy, move Leal over, and then, of course, have Clemens and, and um, Tyree on the outside. There's so many ways you can do this with Mike Elko's front seven, but each way is really effective for AM's kind of lineup. And every way, I don't see a losing situation for Texas AM when going up against different players. You know what is a losing situation? When you have to pay more for something that you don't actually need to pay more for. One of those things is when you have to go to the auto shop to get an installment fee, a production fee, a shipping fee for all the parts on your car just to be installed when you could do it yourself, but you just don't know where to shop. I'll tell you where to shop. Go visit rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto parts service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. They have everything from engine modules to taillights to brake pads, so whatever you need, rockauto.com has it. Just go ahead and type in on their unique catalog the car part, the model, the year made, and of course, the price you want to pay. Plus, with their low, low price, they can't be beaten. Go visit rockauto.com and type in locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com, it's the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Let's keep this moving right along. The linebacker position. One is set. I think one right now is 100% set, and that, of course, is going to be with Aaron Hansen. This was a wide receiver who somehow found his way over to the linebacker spot. Probably going to be playing more of the outside, rangy type player, more of somebody who does good against the ball, somebody who can play a little bit when it comes to going out and uh, breaking up passes, maybe even getting an interception, somebody who has the ability to be more versatile. And that's exactly what Hansford was in replacement for Anthony Hines. He was the will backer. That means he's the weak side backer. He's going to be playing more of the open field space. He's going to be, I mean, more of the, uh, the hash mark side. He's going to be the one who plays more of pass protection, and he kind of did that, showed a little bit of that during his time with the uh, spring game. I think he had three pass breakups in that game, so you know that he's going to be effective when used in more open field space. The guy to watch for, though, would be Edgerin Cooper. This was a player who, during the spring game, was making tackles almost every single play. I mean, I remember watching that game, going back and seeing it, everything I saw from him. You saw his number out there. You saw him making plays. You saw him being effective on near every single snap. That's what you want in an off-ball linebacker in a 4-2-5 system where they're playing more in the field. They're not the guy who's the thumper. They're not the guy who's playing along the line of scrimmage. They're the guy who's going to be more of your open space player. But he's got to get a little bit bigger. He's got to have a lot more stronger closing speed because even though he was in on every play, He didn't finish every play. And that's the area where you want to see improvement. 
Then you have your Mike linebacker, and his number one job is going to be stopping the run. Playing the line of scrimmage and making plays before they can get to that really third level of your defense. And, again, it's Andre White. I mean, Andre White filled in partially last year during the bowl games. He filled in pretty consistently uh, during the final kind of close towards the end of the season, and he played that third linebacker role really well. And he actually started in the Capital One game because of, again, uh, the in the Orange Bowl because Hansford couldn't play that day. So he led the team in tackles. They get eight tackles total, and he's really good at playing downfield. The name to watch for here would be Antonio Doyle, who is coming out of Missouri, top, you know, top player at the position, or Chris Russell. Russell is somebody who I think is going to have to show early on that he can be that guy. And same with Doyle. The guy's 250 and runs closer to a 4.5 than he does a 4.6. That's pure speed coming at you at 250 pounds. He is going to be the long-term option, I think, at the linebacker role. But again, he barely played last year. His role was mostly used on special teams. He did more as a kind of, you know, as a kick kickoff player, uh, played a little bit of kick return. He's going to have to get a little bit better. But again, you look at his history, he was the number three player in the state of Missouri, number one linebacker in the state of Missouri, and the number five linebacker in the nation. So there's a lot to like about him. Finally, you have the nickel position. And the nickel position is a player who has to be effective as both a run stopper and in pass coverage. So nine times out of 10, it's really based off of what kind of system you're running. If you're trying to play the run, you're going to run a lot more big nickel. That's when a safety usually comes down, plays more in the box, does a little bit more against the run, kind of gets off blocks a little bit faster, adds that extra mentality at that second level of defense. If you're playing in pass you know, sets, If you have a good safety who can do a little bit of both, play him. But if you can't, you usually go with a smaller cornerback who can match and mirror these shiftier slot receivers. If you're playing in the run set, it's going to be Antonio Johnson. Four-star talent uh, at safety. Last year, he kind of came on towards the end of the season when Devin Morris got hurt. He really stepped up in that bowl game against North Carolina. So you got to like what you saw from him. But... I think if Devin Morris does come back, that will be really helpful. But at the same time, I think Morris is more so used in these, I would say, having passing sets. So when you see trips to the right or trips to the left, or you see a spread formation to where he's coming out and there's no running backs, you need a guy who's a little bit more effective as, I would say, the cover guy. And that's where a guy like maybe Joshua Moten comes in. If, of course, Morris doesn't play. And then you have Eric Young. Young is pretty much a linebacker. If you want to run that big nickel, you can do so with Antonio Johnson. Say injury happens, you can move Johnson back, and you can play Young at that big nickel role. I think the biggest thing will be who's going to play that cover nickel defender for 2021. That might be a weak point if Morris does not return to the team. But at the same time, it could be an area where you finally see Joshua Moten the former four-star cornerback out of Maryland, really step up and show why he is effective as a five-foot-eight defensive back. It's never too early to get your bets in for the start of the 2021 SEC season. 
Texas A&M's betting odds will usually either rise or fall depending on where they sit after week one. So if you want to go make ahead and get your bet in now, go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, and the best lines every single time you visit them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you go visit BetOnline.ag, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. 25 minutes or less is all it takes for you to get caught up on every major sporting event in America today. How do you do so? Simple. Listen to the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski and the Locked On Today crew break down every major sporting news in America, including the upcoming NBA playoffs and, of course, predictions for the NFL offseason. Subscribe to the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's keep this moving right along. Cornerback. One cornerback is set for me. Jalen Jones. I mean, that's simple. You went out and you got a guy who is exactly what somebody like Jimbo Fisher wants. He's not looking for these smaller, lankier corners, ones that can make plays, you know, consistently in zone coverage. He wants the physical guys. And that's what you got with Jalen Jones last year. He's bigger. He's an old school style cornerback. He's a physical cornerback. Great in press coverage. And he saw a lot of time in both the nickel and on the outside. And the reason I think that he could be playing the nickel a little bit more this year is because of the guy behind him, Elijah Blades. This was a high-end junior college transfer that a lot of people thought was going to be the breakout star. Kind of after Devin Renfro left in free agency, I mean, left in uh, for the NFL draft. Everyone thought he was going to step up. He had a down year because if he didn't play last year. He opted out. And giving his injury history, you think that he probably will start the year off on a backup role. But I do think overall, he could be effective, especially when used as the outside cornerback due to Jones moving inside. He showed a lot of potential in 2019. And it'll be interesting to see, can he show that same potential in 2020, just stepping up into a different role. Now, of course, the other side... Miles Jones is for sure going to be at least the week one starter. This guy who has gotten better each step at anticipating routes, coming down, closing the gap, and he's done a very good job staying as that big framed guy. And that's the other thing. These bigger framed guys are going to be a little bit more effective with Texas A&M because it's the style of defense Jimbo Fisher ran in Florida State. So you know that he's going to be somebody who gets more playing time, more significant stats, somebody who is really effective on the outside, and you probably won't see him move inside like you would a Jalen Jones. Instead, you can see probably Blades and Brian George, who came on and improved a lot last season, especially when uh, Jones was out in those last two games against Tennessee and, um, uh, was it Auburn, I think it was? Yeah, but he played very well towards the end of the stretch. I think you could see all four of these guys potentially on the field if they run a dime for, I mean, if they run a a, a, a dollar formation where they have six defensive backs. I think you could see Jones, George, Jones, and Blades all on the field at the same time. You also have early enrollees, Deuce Harmon and Tyreek Chappell, who probably are going to take some time, but I would say in the next year, you see them probably start or at least see more significant reps. After that, you got the safety position. This is easy. 
if you're going to run a dime formation with an extra safety, Keldra Carper will be your rover kind of guy, play a lot as the center fielder. Instead, you'll have O'Neal kind of move down. But if not, Leon O'Neal is going to be your starter. He held off Antonio Johnson in the spring. He's gotten better in coverage. He's a very good tackler. And combined, all three of them can be effective in a multitude of ways. One can play the run really well. One can play in coverage really well. One is very effective as a third starter. And the other guy is going to be playing a lot of the nickel. So you can use all three on the field in a lot of different ways. But I think right now, O'Neal is the name to watch for because of the success that he had in 2020. And of course, building off of that 2019 campaign. Now, on the other side, when you're looking at somebody who can do better at the line of scrimmage, playing in zone, be that strong safety hitter first, cover guy second, Damani Richardson is it. I don't see where you don't have him starting, especially after he significantly took snaps in 2019, was the full-time starter in 2020. He's gotten in better shape. You know, when he missed time, it was very evident that he needed to be on that field, and now he's back on the field. And I think that what you can see is if he can get better at going deeper in coverage, he's going to be one of the most well-rounded safeties in a high-end draft pick come 2021 or 2022. Behind him, I think it's going to be Brian Williams, but I actually believe Carper will be the one who plays. If anything happens to where Damani Richardson is out, I think what you will see is Antonio Johnson and Leon O'Neal actually play the two safety roles, but if you're playing more cover snaps to where you want a big nickel down below, Carper will come in O'Neal will take Damani's uh, spot, and Carper will play like in a cover one set. He'll be the deep man. But, Brian Williams, he's been there for three years. He's got good capability as a fourth safety. He's done a very good job kind of playing in that rover type role. Not really a straight up safety, not really a straight up linebacker. Kind of does a little bit of both. And I think that's where he's going to be most effective. So again, everything will be based off formation. But let's just go with the defensive line. If you're playing the run... What I think you will see is more of Tyree Johnson with Leon, I mean with uh, DeMarvin Leal inside. Then you have Michael Clemens on the outside and more than likely Jaden Peavy as your three tech. If you're playing the pass, I think you'll see more of Leal on the outside. You'll bring in McKinley Jackson, keep Jaden Peavy, and also kick out Michael Clemens. If you take one of them out, I think what you will do is you will take out consistently Peavy and um, Jackson over you will a guy like Leal. Linebacker spot, this is very simple. It's Aaron Hansford and Andre White going into the year, but I do think Edger and Cooper is a name to watch for on the rise. After that, depends on the nickel formation. If you go big nickel, I think you're going to see a lot of Antonio Johnson. If you go small nickel, Joshua Moten and or uh, Devin Morris, if Morris does return this season. Again, that's a big if. On the outside, I think it's going to be Jalen Jones and Miles Jones at cornerback, but expect some plays from Elijah Blades and Brian George kind of mixed in. If you run a three-safety set, I would say right now it's Leon O'Neal, Damani Richardson, and Keldrick Carper playing up top. If you run a two-safety set, expect it to be Richardson playing the more safety spot, uh, that strong safety spot, with O'Neal playing more of the free. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, there's already been a top 10 ranking going into 2021. We're going to text A&M Fall. We'll tell you about that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. And remember, you get me all. This has been 
Locked On Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.